Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Hello, good evening and welcome to episode 154 of Gatecast, covering season 8, episode 1, New Order. And that rather convoluted, but still from my perspective without warning, intro. Good evening everybody. Welcome to season 8 of Stargate SG-1. Right at the time of recording, we've still not quite decided what format the podcast is going to take over the next year or so, as we juggle SG-1 and SGA. The poll is bringing up some interesting results. Strangely enough, nobody's voted for my funny entry, more Star Trek. I did not suggest that entry. <laughs> I thought somebody had been enough of a smart arse to actually pick it. Our favourite Star Trek actor did appear in The Good Guys, didn't he? Dr. Flox? Well, is he your favourite Star Trek actor? Well, as Star Trek actors who've guest starred in Stargate. Well, Robert Picardo kind of stands out a bit. Yeah, but you see, he's not really a guest star. He's in so many episodes, he's practically regular. Okay. Let's face it, Tracy Higgins, I think, appears in fewer episodes of Stargate SG-1 than Robert Picardo does. <laughs> Sorry. I just have met the bloody woman. I should know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> yes, I can still name drop from Dragon Con. I'm still paying for it. <laughs> You might as well get the most out of it, aren't you? That's a well-behaved disc. If I click over and then click back in, it gives me a line. Consulting, you know? I suppose you have fewer notes now with no commentaries. A lot fewer notes. I think Cindy was playing with the French window and sort of batting at the French window and making snapping motion, and I'm assuming was playing with her reflection. She's actually seen her reflection before. Hard into nothing, that is. True, but she pours one of Petra, which does wonders for my stress relief. Hi, I'm Dave Robison from the Roundtable Podcast. Each week on the Roundtable Podcast, I and my co-host, Brian Humphrey, invite writers to come on the show and present a story idea they've been working on. Then we have a no-holds-barred discussion about it, trying to turn the raw idea into literary gold. And by we, I don't mean just me and Brian. We're privileged to share the mic with some of the most remarkable and gifted storytellers of new media. People like Nathan Lowell, J. Daniel Sawyer, Chuck Wendig, and other gifted scribes will be lending their insight and inspiration to the discussion. The podcast launches Tuesday, March 6th, and is available through iTunes and the Roundtable Podcast website. Visit www.roundtablepodcast.com for more information. The Roundtable Podcast. Literary alchemy. One podcast at a time. 16 hours into Belgarath the Sorcerer, which is 28 hours long. And I have to listen to Belgarath after that, and that's 35. I really don't need to buy anything else from Audible right now. So we've released the Dave Robinson episode then. Who? Dave Robinson, the... Oh no, that's the rap, sorry. Never mind. He's up near the top of Guy Bliss stuff that are currently offline, okay? Oh, okay. I just saw the name there. Right, shall I go to line? Yes, we'll jump right in. Sit, stay, good line. Okay. Ever a three, ever a doe, ever a hane. Clicky. Fade to black, and out of the darkness come the humanoid replicators. Yes. One, two, three, four, and five. 
and purple light. He learned a hard lesson that day. You would do that? They won't leave me, she promised. No, my son. They've made a fool of you. Alas, women do tend to do that. I have been relieved, Command. Who's replacing you, sir? Her name is Dr. Elizabeth Weir. A civilian? She's uh, an expert in international politics. Ah, yes. Of course, Daniel would know that. Of course he would. (laughs) Is here? The city we've been looking for is under the ice of Antarctica. Yes, this costs an awful lot of money. Replay it. Replay it often. (laughs) Yeah, so is that the death of Anubis? You would think so, but you never know. Popsicle Jack. Yes, Popsicle Jack. Cheyenne Mountain, a little bit of stock footage, and Daniel packing. He does an awful lot of packing in this show. Doesn't he? I'm really impressed how well organised his office is. Hmm. Elizabeth, you look different. Did you something with your hair? Elizabeth. Elizabeth? Almost ready. can't believe we're finally going. I mean, I know I should have been ready a long time ago, but I needed some materials. The talk stalled again. You've changed. You've changed, man. You've shrunk by three <laughs> inches for a start. It's a complicated situation. The Antarctic Treaty was established to promote scientific research in the area. With the interest of progress for all mankind, not just that of the United States, and so argue the other 11 nations all claiming shared jurisdiction. Yes, for reasons that haven't become totally clear, except I imagine that Jessica Steen, the original actress, wasn't interested in doing a full season, seasons even. Or indeed, another two or three would have show. Save us, all of us, not just this country. I know. But the scale of Anubis's attack makes covering it up tenuous at best. Dory Higginson took over the role of Elizabeth Weir. Sarah Victoria Higginson, born in Ontario, December 6, 1969. Canadian actress. Gas, a Canadian in a Canadian show. Shocker. She's been in Stonehenge Apocalypse, The English Patient, and if you go a bit further back, Tech War. Oh, I'm aware of Stonehenge Apocalypse. It's got Misha Collins in it. My friend Naomi does tweet explosions about it regularly. Not a bad little film if you can overlook the fact that the Stonehenge moves. Or the fact that English people don't die simultaneously. <laughs> Credits. She appeared in three episodes of SG-1 and 63 episodes of SGA. That might be spoiling it a bit. Well, she's not in the credit sequence, so... Not to worry about that. OK, then. New Order, Season 8, Episode 1 and Episode 2, a double-length feature. 154th episode of The Gatecast. Written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully, directed by Andy Mikita. At its uh, world premiere in the US on the Sci Fi Channel, July the 9th, 2004. The UK got it October the 5th, same year. And the Australians, October the 21st. Canadians, February the 2nd, 2005. Shares its name with episodes of Between the Lines, Code Layoko, Galactica Football, and a series called Beat Yond. And I'm back. Briefing room, as Tori takes a seat that the general would normally take. Miss him already? It's not that we can't use it. Officially, all normal gate activity will remain suspended just until the agreement for control of the Antarctic site is resolved. What does one have to do with the other? Oh, and David's in it. Oh, politics. Always comes into it, isn't it? (laughs) The president feels that ultimately how we proceed with operations here at SGC will reflect on our international goodwill. In other words, it's our political leverage in negotiations. Yes, Yes, the Jacksicle. Jack would be rather upset if he's hearing this. What about Colonel O'Neill? I know what he means to the three of you. We all appreciate the sacrifice Colonel O'Neill made. The Asgard can help him. You get the impression she hasn't read all the mission reports. 
In fairness, we saw an inauguration just how many mission reports there actually are. And every mission report has individual reports within it from each team member. Mm-hmm. And considering you got something like 16 SG teams going... Basically, we know that that trap is only going to hold them for so long. Thor and the Asgard must be monitoring the situation. If we can get there, we should be able to contact them. Isn't the planet you're talking about in another galaxy? Fella. Yeah, Sam's pointing out that eventually the replicators will escape from the time dilation device. According to your report, Major, that ship is capable of flying faster and farther than anything the Gould have. Yes. I think it might just get us there. And back? That may be a problem. Look, to be honest, it might not even get you there. The and back is an important part. Why would she assume that it could actually get them there? I mean, it isn't a little jaunt across the star system or even its intergalactic travel. You really don't want it conking out halfway there. Especially in intergalactic space. I mean, it's not like that's ever happened in the Stargate show. So far. (laughs) Hopefully, that will make the other gold think twice before attacking Earth in the foreseeable future. But the truth is... We don't know if we're going to be able to ever use those weapons again. And if we can't, we're going to need a new tactical advantage over the Gould. At least that's what the Pentagon tells me. The modified cargo ship, it's too valuable right now. I'm sorry. Request denied. I'm sorry, but having a fast ship isn't going to be much of a tactical advantage. Well, it is if you want to escape. Yeah, a cargo ship isn't going to carry many people, is it? You probably squeeze about 15. Call it Air Force One and the President just flies off. Oh, she's settled in, hasn't she? I wonder, is this deliberate? In what way? Having Tori in here, in that usually it's uh, Jack coming in and questioning the general. Are we doing the deliberately, we're all just girls together thing? This conversation is based on technicalities and, you know, physics and whatnot, so Sam's probably best to actually, not beg, but convince Weir to give him the ship. There is no guarantee that anyone will ever be able to figure out how it was done. (laughs) Blackmail, even. And as the most likely person on the planet to figure it out, are you saying that if I don't let you attempt to contact the Asgard, you won't even try? That's interesting. Two parts written by different people. Unusual, isn't it? Right now, that is the most advanced piece of technology we have. If it weren't for Colonel O'Neill, we wouldn't have that ship. For that matter, we wouldn't even be here discussing this. That's new stock footage. It did look new, yeah. We got the coordinates from the Prometheus. Based on the amount of time it took the modified ship to get from Teonas to Earth, I'm estimating our trip to Othala will take roughly ten days. Hey! Please, people, put the light, the main lights on. You've got big thousand-watt bulbs. I didn't. I talked her into letting us go. You're staying here. <laughs> we, Daniel? You're staying behind, little boy. Daniel, even with the modifications to the ship, there's no guarantee it'll get us there. And if it does, there's a good chance it'll burn out the engines. The ship was never meant to fly at that speed, which means if we don't find the Asgard, we'll be stranded. I know. I want to go. We need you here. You're our best chance at deciphering whatever information's in that ancient outpost. If we fail, you will be O'Neill's only hope. Sensible, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) It don't sound so cheerful, Daniel. (laughs) I've been trying to get... I can just ascend again, it's grand. (laughs) Why is no one mentioning Teok's hair? They will, eventually. Well, Jack will, but... Hey, Teok. Can I get you anything? I packed lots of turkey. I know it's your favourite. Thank you, but I am not currently hungry. Have you been able to determine how you'll modify the engines? You can have either, because that looks like fresh mayonnaise and whatnot. Yes. Do cargo ships have fridges? 
Uh, I'm sure you're going to put that in that generator at use somehow. Isn't there any autopilot on these ships either? Or does Till just really enjoy holding the globe like that? Till just likes to get its feel around the big ball. <laughs> it must be gripping something all the time. If it's not a staff weapon, it's... <laughs> yeah, this isn't phallic. Oh, this isn't awkward at all, is it? No. <laughs> They're probably only an hour's flight already at. Talking to Teok when he doesn't feel like answering you is like hurling words into a deep well. Sam looks quite good in this scene. I think it's a t-shirt that does it. Sam looks quite good in every scene. Criticise not the Amanda. Apologies. Trying to stay positive. I have the utmost confidence in your ability. I know. So you want to talk? Concerning what subject? I don't know. How's Ryak? Fine. You still keeping in touch with Ishta? Indeed. Braytac? Braytac as well. Oh, come on, Till, throw me a bone here. I was Pete Shanahan. Oh, nice one, Till. <laughs> Back at you, Sam. <laughs> so, having good sex, Sam? Uh. <laughs> it's not all well between the two of you. No, everything's great. <laughs> Everything? <laughs> it's just, as you well know, it's not easy saying goodbye to someone you care about when you think there's a chance you may never see them again. I know that's a risk we take every time we step through the Stargate, but... Tilt does know a thing or two about that. Yes. Still, I'm trying to stay positive. He left his wife and son. Get your sandwich. He said he wasn't hungry, weren't you, Snick? He's thinking, oh my god, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> oh, it's just calendar Good to see they've changed the nameplate on the door. Daniel. Elizabeth. Just wondering if you'd heard anything. Doesn't seem right, does it, to have that office occupied by somebody else other than the general? It's been over a week. What did you expect? Quick round of handshakes, champagne toast, sealed the deal? Yeah, couldn't you be there doing it? Space by an armada of alien ships. That doesn't get us past our distrust of each other, what will? You forget those alien ships were destroyed by a single weapon. I mean, that kind of power is going to give anyone cause for concern. Yeah. Not that I want this to come off as an attempt to get rid of you, but... Uh... Isn't this sort of international negotiation exactly your area of expertise? <laughs> optimistic, Daniel. Very optimistic. Unauthorized off-world activation. Yeah, right. How many times have General saved by unauthorized activation? Walter! Still with us, Walter. Eight seasons and going. That's what happened. It was an agreement. Deal get there, so Walter has to lose his. <laughs> Schooled. What does it say? Um, it's from one of the system lords, Camulus, Celtic god of war. I'm not familiar with him. Um, I've never had any contact with him before. New system lords. How is that translation mode? <laughs> Daniel is yeah, clever. Your translation mode should translate. <laughs> or does translation mode just translate as Paul Daniel getting to read this? It does, doesn't it? It's like Google Translate. <laughs> Buy this paperback book from Amazon. I'll translate for you. I want some representatives here. Oh, sound effect. Do we really need sound effects in space? Come on. Been on the ship for about, what, ten days or so? Ew. As soon as we drop out, I'll start broadcasting a signal. The Asgard are monitoring the region. They should find us. Without showers. Quiet. Too quiet. Should we not be able to see the planet? Yes. Yes, we left the planet here. Oh dear. Ah, gravitational force field? We're experiencing the effects of an extremely powerful gravitational force. Thank you, Duke. Not right. Tilk, turn us around and get us out of here now. Hyperspace generator will not engage. 
Sublight engines are at maximum, yet we are not moving. There's only one thing I know of that could create this kind of gravitational pull. Da, da, da. Oh, yes. Disney's black hole. <laughs> that wasn't a bad film. Now, the sensors on this ship can't be that good. They've upgraded the engines, but not the sensors. Would have spotted this before they came out of hyperspace. What do you make of it? Well, to be honest, I'm not sure what to think. Again, it doesn't look like English. Pretty much all I want, you can't read it. I say, you need to watch these episodes in HD, just so you can actually spot some of these, if they actually are in English or translations. Maybe we gained a bit of respect in their eyes. They must have heard what happened to Anubis. They couldn't defeat him, not with all their combined forces, and we did it in a single day. Which may explain why they want to come here. <laughs> I think the whole galaxy's heard what happened to Anubis. <laughs> Somebody out there's got the Hitchhiker's Guide, mostly harmless, my backside. <laughs> Too bad, just when you needed a really powerful engine. That is most unfortunate. Even if it was working, it would have been very dangerous to open a window this close to the event horizon of a black hole. Are we that far, of course? No. We came out of hyperspace right where we were supposed to. But this doesn't make any sense. Halla's sun wasn't nearly massive enough to collapse into a black hole. Yet that is what appears to be happening. Yes, what did we leave behind as well as a planet? Replicators. Well, why did you come up to tell them that? Why didn't you just keep walking on a damn double <laughs> engine? Aren't they got an intercom? Can't you shout? It's not a big ship. The same size as me house. <laughs> <laughs> The President has authorized me to pursue negotiations with the Gould. Okay. You don't think I can handle it? I didn't say that, but uh, if I may, you don't sound all that confident. Well, as you said, I have brokered my share of international negotiations. This will just be my first interplanetary one. He's getting to know Daniel bit by bit. You'll probably want to kill him by the end of the episode, but... They're posturing egomaniacs driven by an insatiable lust for power. Each one capable of unimaginable evil. See, why should I be nervous? Sounds like an average day at the United Nations. That probably does make it a bit easier. There's no grey area with them, is there? Yeah. If you know they're going to stab you in the back at the first chance they get, make it so much easier. The High Council of the System Lords is a rather flimsy coalition of the most powerful ghouls in the galaxy. Who only cooperate when it suits them. Or when Baal tells them to little bit of education for uh, yeah. any viewer coming in at season eight. Yeah. Put together a summary of what we know. All right. I assume I can't just open the iris and let the representatives just walk through. No, that would probably be a bad idea. <laughs> Again, you can't trust them. Get them to meet us at a neutral location, preferably a planet of our choosing. Send a team, check them out, make sure they're unarmed, and then escort them back. Good. Send the message. She's up for this. You can't phase her, Daniel. We have dramatic music. Um, Ooh. That's not good. That's not good. We are now being pulled backwards. Perhaps if we divert power from the shield. Right now, they're the only thing holding the ship together. We drop them in the gravitational field to tear us apart. I do not believe there's any other choice. This would be really tension-filled if you honestly didn't believe that they'd kill these pair off in this episode. Diverting power. It made a fiddly noise. We are now moving forward. It's not going to be good enough. We're losing hull integrity. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Perhaps diverting power was a mistake. You think? Oh, that's timing. <sighs> that is timing. That's Thor. If it was if it was okay, he'd actually wait until the last possible oh. minute. <laughs> like Scotty, the saviour. Then have Jack with them then. Likewise. 
indeed. Your timing is impeccable. Oh, nice school. <laughs> Yorick. So the Gould have agreed to our terms for the travel here. Yeah. I was just going over some research material the delegates are sending. Camulus is the one who sent the original message. Then there's Amaterasu, Japanese sun goddess, and the last one is Lord Yu. Well, oh, Japanese. That's her first, isn't it? What, Yu's insane? No, he's not insane. He, he just has memory lapses. <laughs> or something. Of course, for a ghoul, what that means exactly, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's guys. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, if it was some sort of, you know, mental deterioration, if his host would actually reassert itself, his self. It's effectiveness for him. Basically, he's suffering from old age. He's senile. Why would they choose him as a representative? Well, his underlings may be doing a good job of covering for him. Yeah. Yes. No time for that. Sort of information overload. I suppose you've got to say Elizabeth is up to this. So far. I mean, she thought she were out of a debt as a blonde. The point is, yeah. He fell out of favor when the other system lords accepted Anubis back and he used his power to become an effective leader. So now that Anubis is gone, you think the balance of power shifted back to you? On the bright side, out of all the Gould, Lord Yu has been the most cooperative with us in the past. I thought you said none of them could be trusted. Oh, they can't, especially another crazy one. <laughs> with no cookies. A knowing look there from Daniel. More of a slightly less dark side. I am afraid I cannot leave this sector, Major. Not at the moment. Thor, you're the only one who can save Colonel O'Neill. I'm always amazed how few Asgard it needs to run one of these ships. Hmm. I know it's probably highly automated, but you'd think there'd be few more Asgard on board. I must wait here until I am certain the replicators have been destroyed. And why is it always Thor? He is the supreme commander. Yeah, delegate. I'm sorry I did not reach you sooner. I was not expecting you. Yeah, you haven't been responding to our attempts to contact you. I am sorry. Time-space distortions caused by the black hole have been interfering with my ship's... That's an excuse. Yeah, timey-wimey stuff. Wibbly wobbly. Or something. <laughs> Ooh, tilt. <laughs> it's the air, into tilt? <laughs> the time it would take for the replicator humans to reach the machine would translate to less than two years outside the field. Therefore, a more permanent solution was devised. So, you collapsed the sun. <laughs> it's not... Let's be honest, Sam. You've done something very similar. Mm. You just caused it to Nova, and they've just created a black hole. The result is pretty much the same. The planet has already broken apart. However, a large number of replicators have managed to come together in a coherent mass that has yet to pass the event horizon. Well, even if they can withstand the gravitational force without being torn apart, there's no way they could ever... Interesting. What is it? <laughs> it's moving. The mass of replicator blocks have begun moving away from the event horizon. How is that possible? They have the time dilation device. That'd do it. If you're going to navigate within the, the event horizon of a wormhole, being able to manipulate time and gravity is something that's coming useful. Frightening. Not only that they can do that, but you don't know how. I agree. They're coming to get you. Yes, yeah, so Asgard don't know everything. They've been around a while, but they're not omnipotent. Hmm. The blocks have formed together. Into what? A ship. They are escaping. Their course indicates they are headed this way. Of course. Just like Lego. Yes. Shocker, the replicators can build new things. Gasp. I thought you were going to stand me up. Yes. Anything from Tilkin Sam? No. Come on, Daniel, you could have mm. dressed up for the occasion. This is dressed up for Daniel. <laughs> Probably is, yeah. The hour's closed, you know, we have other SG teams. SG-7 must be the babysitters. Mm. Open the iris. They're the more diplomatic one. Mm. 
plunk. I didn't go plunk before. Oh yes, we like to make an entrance. Mm. We like to make an entrance off to one side. Mew <laughs> gets an assistant. Yes, why does he get to bring his first bride? Allow me to introduce... You're not interested in your name. Really? I find it generally helps so much. I prefer to present our offer so we can spend as brief a time as possible on this planet. This isn't a negotiation. <laughs> Colourful bunch. Except for Camulus, who goes for the tan and brown motif. Hmm. Interesting spaceship, but I can't exactly say it's very pretty. No, it does remind me of the time manipulation ship from Voyager, though. Have you ever seen anything like it? No. And it is doubtful my ship's weapons will be effective against it. We should probably get out of here then, huh? Can you jump into hyperspace? We must clear the gravitational distortion field of the black hole first. Pratt originally started quite a squat machine and got pulled out, elongated by the gravitational effects. Can it penetrate your shield? It is more than likely. <laughs> Oops. Well, <laughs> they've had experience of... They don't seem to be bracing. Evasive maneuvers. You'd think they'd have solved that problem by now. It's not a good thing with the replicators, is it? No. The hull has been breached. Where? There. And of course, they can't be picked up on the sensors, can they? No. The projectile was likely composed of replicators. They are not visible to my ship's scanners. This is how they have boarded Asgard ships in the past. Can you use the shields to prevent decompression in those sections? Yes. He transported the weapons too. Okay, where did all these come from? Maybe it was on the ship and he beamed it. They, they could have done, I suppose. Very convenient though. Your unexpected defeat of Anubis has created an unstable situation among the system lords. In order to avoid open war, we came to an agreement to divide his territories and his armies evenly. Okay, Camulus, played by Steve Basic, native of Croatia but raised in Canada. Also played Major Coburn in uh, other episodes of SG-1. Had guest roles on Arctic Air, mm. The Listener, Flashpoint, Smallville, Flash Gordon, Andromeda, and Islander. Bal got there before you did it and found a way to program the soldiers to serve him. With those Orak at his command, Bal has tipped the balance of power in his favor. Orak? Unspeakable. In battle, the call are far superior to the Jaffa. Amaterasu, played by Kira Clavel. She's a Canadian actress, been in Endgame, Shattered, Blood Ties, Jake 2.0, La Femme Nikita. Yes, that was. Well, this is all very interesting, I'm sure, but I fail to see what it has to do with us. Isn't he cold in that outfit? Uh, Lord Hugh. Hmm. Vince Crescio, actor and stuntman. My master wishes to say, it is well known the Tauri possess a powerful new weapon. Something far beyond their current level of technology. Yes, we use it to kill Anubis and destroy his fleet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we can do it again. Ball can be prevented from conquering the galaxy. Hmm. Did he have a gold emblem last time we saw him? Possibly. I don't recall it. He's the voice of you, uh, the same way that an unnamed Northern Irish actor was the voice of Jerry Adams when the British News banned his voice from being broadcast on TV. I'm hearing worrying banking noises. We got a tweet from Dan. Have fun, guys. Now that Anubis is gone, sort of, bring on the replicators. That looks like tinfoil. It does, don't it? It actually looks like a giant chocolate bar wrapper. We also got a tweet from Kevin, pointing out we called the title wrong in the initial uh, tweet. Cheers, mate. 
When you look at this set, it doesn't look expensive or complicated, but it looks like an alien spaceship. It's extremely well envisioned. Haha, behind you, Tilt. It's coming for you. It wasn't me. Now, why would the replicators take Sam? Hmm, a puzzle. A puzzle that will be solved with their clothing. Thor, it is Tilk. Major Carter was beamed away. Is she in your presence? I did not do it. The replicators must have her. And that is Sherlock, Supreme Commander Holmes. And they're off. See, they had no trouble. A Swivolf command chip. <laughs> I have eliminated all of the replicators I could locate. There is no way of knowing if there are more. The replicator ship has entered hyperspace. Can you follow? Yes. That looks like it's the actual puppet Thor as opposed to CGI Thor since he's sitting at a date. Is it Deus? I've always wondered, is it Deus or Dias? I've always gone with Deus. How long do you think it will be before he turns his attention to you? If he does, he'll suffer the same fate as Anubis. <laughs> Perhaps. But there are other worlds in this galaxy without the luxury of such advanced defenses. Ooh, nasty. Little threat there. I could not help but notice that the Asgard did not come to your aid. Stop looking at the cleavage, Daniel. Yes. In fact, we've heard nothing from the Asgard for quite some time now. Really? It's odd, because we talk to them all the time. The Asgard didn't come because they knew it wasn't necessary. This is one big bluff, counter bluff. They know an awful lot about Ball, don't they? Convinced yep. that the Asgard can no longer exercise power in this galaxy. He intends to take the planets protected under the Guauld Asgard Treaty for himself. If you do not help us stop him, millions of humans will die. And millions more will be enslaved. I think, honestly, given the opportunity, they would be taking the planets. Mm hmm. Although you wonder exactly, apart from some native populations, how valuable they would be to uh, the gold. Well, presumably the gold would have been there in the first place if there wasn't Naquita. Well, not that many planets with Naquita. The planet where we are attempting to rebuild the Asgard civilization. I assumed it would be their first target. What is your reasoning? Gorilla is rich in neutronium, which is a key element in Asgard technology. and is also essential for the creation of human form replicators. Oh, the Asgard run a bad look at the moment. Mm-hmm. Ah, we knew they were going to come back and bite us. Yes. So, this is Amanda on Facebook, because she's about to get poked. <laughs> no, that just occurred to me. This actually does look like a pretty good advanced spaceship. It looks science fiction-y. Gregory. Oh, fifth, G. Patrick Curry. Mm. Also played Iman and one of the Chakar. I imagine you have expected to see me again. Look, I'm sorry we left you behind, but we had to do it. We couldn't risk the others getting out. You know what they're capable of? I know you must be upset. Upset? We betrayed you. It must have hurt. Yes, he does. <laughs> I'm a little upset. I was in the restaurant, waiting for two hours, waiting for you. Everybody were looking at me with pity. I ate five cobs, and they still gave me a bill for 20 quid. You couldn't. I think he's a little upset. You think? Why are they here? Why aren't they in a separate conference room 15 levels away? <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> you is not impressed. Are they not little mini quiches? They look like mini quiches. You should wonder what they put on there. Mm. 
How many planets are protected under this treaty? Um, 26. 27 if you include Earth. And what good is it if the Asgard aren't actually available to protect anything? At one time they were. More recently we've been trading on the threat. Kind of a big bluff. Well, Ball is about to call the bluff. Let's face it, that was always the, the ruse from the beginning. You know, Thor said they were never in a, in a position to actively defend those worlds if Bush came to shove. When I was a kid, my dad used to have these weekly poker games. All I remember is smoke with my eyes water. I'm starting to wish I paid more attention. I'm sure you've misrepresented the truth before in negotiations. Never. Negotiate, never lie or fudge the truth. Well, if they even get a hint of the fact that we can't use the ancient weapons to defend ourselves, trust me, this game is over. Dramatic. Yes, just a bit tiny. <laughs> I've got my 1940s leather satchel behind me. And the chase is on. Our ship is smaller. How can we stop them? My ship's weapons will not function in hyperspace. Much like the shields. However, in close proximity, the self-destruct may be sufficient to eliminate both ships. I am sorry, but we have no choice. If the human form replicators reach Orilla, they will have the resources to replicate many thousands of times. We cannot allow that to happen. That was millions, billions even. <laughs> Goodbye, Sam. Theok, fatalistic. Well, this is a, the first replicator ship they've designed themselves. Every other ship they've had is what they've taken from other races. That wasn't just any in the memories, that were all the bad thing, like recycling, making us suffer. Why are you doing this? You think you deserve better. You can see my thoughts, you know I didn't want to do it. But you did. Wanna is not a word. I suppose in a way I should thank you. It was because of what you did to me I came to realize my full potential. I am more human than the others. At first I thought it was weakness. But now I see. It makes me capable of so much more. I like the idea of the little blocked on his outfit. My brothers and sisters will devour entire civilizations in order to replicate. I can't stop looking at the, <laughs> the airdo. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, scream out megalomaniac or evil one. No. It, Petty teenager. It screams out, I played Oliver on stage at Broadway as a kid. <laughs> Don't you dare, not again, not to our Sam. Major Carter. About time Elizabeth changed her outfits. She's like um, Jeff Goldblum's character in The Fly. In what regard? She has seven identical outfits. Oh, right. So she is changing outfits yeah. just into the same ones. Exactly. And if Bald tries to attack any of the protected planets, he'll suffer the consequences. Unfortunately, we do not share your faith in the Asgard. We must stop Bald before it comes to that. Oh, must we? Cheeky sods. But that's not our problem. That's it, Elizabeth. Keep pushing, raising the stakes. With each passing moment, Anubis grows more powerful. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Oops. <laughs> you mean bow. What my master means. <laughs> oh, dear. My master is fatigued. We request a short adjournment. Silence! Don't interrupt me, boy, when I'm talking. Kids today. I need no adjournment. But I would like a nice cup of tea and a digestive. We know you will have a formidable new defensive weapon. But with it, you must wait for your enemies to come to you. And that... Can be dangerous. Not to us. <laughs> what if an enemy were to devise a means of defeating this weapon? What exactly are you offering? Hyperdrive engines. We know you have battleships that are not capable of interstellar travel. We are offering you a means of producing a fleet of ships as advanced as the Gawul Hatak vessels. 
That was a look, wasn't it? <laughs> Would you really trust any blueprints and plans that the gold gave you to engines? We know what Apophis did with code on his. I'm sure it'd be easier not to have this filled command chair. Just have all the panels in front of him. Yeah, but it's not cool that way. Yeah, that's what we should be striving for now. Corners of practicality in design, form and function, etc. Now. Oops. I wonder what that could be. Something messing with the power system right at the critical moments. Yep. We are slowing down. You think? Could it be that Tilt didn't get all the applicators? Quite possibly. If I'd heard what you'd actually said, I'd be inclined to agree with you. The auxiliary control console outside the engine room. Lock and load, Tilt. That's a nice dissolve. Your offer is very generous, but I'm afraid we're going to have to decline. Ooh. You would be able to uphold the protected planet's treaty with or without the aid of the Asgard. How many hyperdrives are you willing to give us? How many ships can you build? Come on, this is going round in circles. Yes. This is exactly how many ships have you got? How many troops? Where are the station? I mean, if we're going to enforce this treaty ourselves, we need to build a, enough ships to match any fleet that would oppose us. Exaggerate. <laughs> we are not at liberty to disclose such information. Well, then this discussion is over. How can you blindly reject such an offer? Because we're not about to fight your battles for you in exchange for a couple of hyperdrive engines that may or may not do us any good in the long run. And especially since we already have that technology at our disposal. Yes, that's... <laughs> you have viable hyperdrive technology. Yes, we do. And with the help of the Asgard, we're in the process of implementing it right now. Poker face, Daniel. Poker <laughs> face. <laughs> this ancient weapon. Such an advanced piece of technology. The power requirements must be enormous. Even simple maintenance must be extremely difficult. It came with its own power source and its ancient technology. Maintenance isn't really a big thing. Of course, we believe you. But I wonder what Ball would think if you were to receive intelligence that the weapon was temporarily out of commission. Hmm. He would come to this world to claim it for himself. Atari would be forced to destroy him. And we would have to give them nothing. Oh, come on. Bob would never fall for that. He knows how desperate you are. I think he might find this information a little bit convenient. Perhaps. <laughs> no, he's slightly up the intelligent ranks amongst system lords. Mm -hmm. He might send two or three ships that he's willing to sacrifice. In exchange, we want Ball's territory. What do you mean? Oh, that's the way it works, right? When one system lord kills another, he takes over his armies, his fleet, his planets. That's what we want. Everything in Ball's possession. You cannot be serious. <laughs> if we're going to be the ones who destroy Yeah, she's got a point. Why should we settle for anything less? Preposterous. We can't accept those terms. Take it or leave it. <laughs> That's a good portion of the galaxy. Good point. Then off you go. <laughs> Quiet now. We must send a message to the other system lords. Yes. <laughs> so you can't actually make a decision yourself then? You're a wimp. Take it or leave it, boys and girls. That'll teach him to get smart with me. A bit of a sitting duck there. The problem has been eliminated. Are you sure, Tilt? You sure there isn't one just sitting there watching you in the background somewhere? I mean, if they built these ships with more lights... That's never a good thing. Now, maybe they've been watching CSI. I'm sure they could come up with a decent costume for Tori. I'd much prefer an indecent costume. <laughs> Those with the right underwear and bustier like Amaratsu's wearing. I just didn't know you were looking to become a system lord. I just had to do something to keep them talking. I mean, it looks like they're going to try to draw a ball here, no matter what we said. Well, we can be pretty sure they're not going to agree to our terms. 
I know. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? We may have to revive Colonel O'Neill. Wakey, wakey, Jack. Rise and shine. <clears throat> what? If they suspect we're bluffing, they'll come here and take the weapon for themselves. If they don't, they'll trick Ball into coming. Either way, we may actually have to use that weapon again to defend this planet. We don't even know if there's enough power to fire another shot. I know. If you try to revive Jack without the Asgard standing by, it'll kill him. How do they know they haven't got enough power? Jack didn't tell them. Hey, Walter. Dr. Weir. Let's copy the message the ghoul sent back to the system lords. It's coded. A USB stick. Yeah, one megabyte's worth. State-of-the-art technology. Three thousand dollars. What year did this broadcast in? Two thousand and four. Yeah, okay. That is a fine-looking spaceship set. Thor on his high command seat. I have managed to send advance warning to Arilla. By providing them with the replicator ship's course and speed, they should have a fair approximation of where it will drop out of hyperspace. What ships we have available will be waiting in ambush. You believe the Asgard ships can destroy the replicators before they can raise their shields? They will only be defenseless for a few moments. But if my calculations are accurate, that should be sufficient. Does the planet have itself destructed? Oh yeah, the ship won't change course. It won't change speed at all, will it? Stop it, please! Why should I? He had it from behind there, Kinky. Don't make me go there, I won't be able to think straight. <laughs> Making you feel better? Unfortunately, he probably is enjoying it, Sam. I never intended to abandon you. But you did. Revenge is a dish best served cold, and it's very cold in space. It wasn't my decision. You could have come back for me. There was no time. Time? Time, <laughs> yeah. I've got a time machine. <laughs> I had plenty of time to think about what a fool I was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what we did to you. He's Harry Potter in Order of the Phoenix. Nobody loves me. I'm a whiny <laughs> frickin' teenager. A million teenage boys who have been done wrong by the first date or something. <laughs> Didn't really go as planned, did it, mate? Yep. Learning to forgive. Yes. I'm not there yet. I need more time. Ooh, hesitation. Surely not empathy. Mm. Damn being human. You get the good bits and the bad bit. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be caressing her. Given that you have complete power over her, I wouldn't caress her here. I say, Ooh, I think he likes that. Something new to try. She's not a cat to be paid. Progress? Yeah, it's basically a confirmation of what we suspected. They think we're bluffing, but have no way of confirming their suspicions, so they're not sure what to do. They could still try and drop all here. Let him figure it out for them. Yeah, that's dangerous for them. Because if we can't power the weapons... Which we can't. Bob would end up with both Earth and the ancient outpost in his possession. Good Daniel. He gets left behind. He gets more screen time. Again. Oh, dear. Busy day. This is weird. What's happening? Perhaps you should go and find out. Okay. We'll be right down. Our guest just got a response. About time they had comm badges or mobile phone. 2004, I had a mobile phone for eight years at that stage. I actually had a fairly decent mobile phone. Commander Thor, this is Ajir of the Valhalla. We have assumed defensive positions and are awaiting the target ship. Understood. Why are they running away from the replicator ship? They're not, they're following it. It looked like the distance was increasing. Nope, not long enough. One moment, two moments, three moments, that's a lot of firepower. And unfortunately that's a lot of debris. The enemy ship has been destroyed. I am sorry, Tuke. This isn't a ship populated by replicators. This is a replicator ship. Mm. There's a difference, isn't there? Debris! 
raining down on the planet. Paying to see the most recent message they received. Probably striking the hull of the other ship, then got the shields up. Hmm. Right, they're going home and they're taking the ball with them. Yeah, then Tiak won't be able to handle it. <laughs> he probably has a spare one, hidden away in his room somewhere. Your demands are ridiculous. You have no choice but to terminate negotiations. Well, give my regards to Ball. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and then he grinned, which basically says they're doing something. Daniel reading the translation. Big light bulb going off. Shut it down. What? Yeah, there is a big red button. Yes, Walter, when you're giving an order, don't say what. No message. Mm-hmm. Now she's mad. What is the meaning of this second message? They've been recalled because the system wars have decided to test their defenses. They're sending a ship to attack Earth. It'll be here within the hour. Da, da, da. And that, I imagine, is where the episode would have cut. So that is where we will leave it for this episode of the Gatecast. Then that was New Order Part 1, or more accurately, the double-length feature on the DVD, chopped roughly in half. I have to admit it wasn't what I consider a big event season opener, but take the two parts as a whole, it improves quite dramatically, which I guess can occasionally be the Achilles heel of a two-parter. Anyhow, let's get into the feedback, which is mainly from the Facebook group this week. Okay then, on our Facebook page... Brad Mull, our friend from Down Under, started a thread. The voting poll has come to an end. Very interesting. I guess you can't make everyone happy. If you continue SG1 to its end, will you change the RSS feed for Atlantis? As each series can have its own folder on iTunes, and I don't have to go through 340 episodes to find the one I want to listen to. Brad. To which I replied, not being an iTunes expert, I'm not 100% sure on this one, but AFAIK only holds about the last 10 episodes. We're in the process of building a page on the site which will enable you to just see the episode. More advanced features like search functions may have to wait, but we're willing to listen to our fans. Laugh out loud, that's why you became your own boss, so you can make all the decisions. <laughs> what I meant, for example, was after the latest change in iTunes, I now have seasons 3 to 6 in one folder on iTunes. Truthfully, Brad, I wouldn't normally respond that quickly, but the kitties have momentarily abandoned me to play with each other and I can use the keyboard without angry paws reaching towards my hands. Ah, nice. Keep up the great work, guys. I'll stick with you no matter your choice. Which is all we really need to know. Yes. So we're going to do what we want. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Shot says, so what was the end result? I hope you guys alternate things do cross over and it would throw it out of whack if you just finished SG1, then do SG8. Right, the poll was 17 votes for alternating episodes and 17 for finishing SG1. Alan has always preferred alternating, and that is what we will be doing. We are currently trying to get the logistics down for a specific guest host for SGA Rising, and if that takes a little time, we may have to get creative with a special or two, so we don't miss a week's release. And then I posted poll links, which you can also find on the gatecast.co.uk website. Helen, Faith, Morris, I'll guess on any Atlanta you want me to, as I love winding people who like McKay up. And it seems I have a new phrase of Joe Flanagan says shush, so it'd fit. Thomas replied, well, I'm up for guests on an episode again. We will just have to work out the time. Kevin said, if I end up getting a headset, I'm more than happy to. Thomas says, I do believe I remember a conversation by a mutual friend of ours that was going to get one or two female listeners together and talk about the men of Stargate. That's an idea for a special. Yes, I remember that as well, but it never really came to fruition. Then a lot of things don't with the podcast. <laughs> we do have some big plans to try to get a few more guests on this upcoming year. We seem to have actually people queuing up at this point. Yeah. Brings a tear. Really. It also guarantees that they all actually listen and download that episode at, at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> We had a couple of comments on the rap show, uh, one from Dan, and a great wrap-up show that was. 
And Brad chimed in, great show, guys. Some of us wouldn't mind listening to a three-hour show. I have yet to respond to that. I don't think Mike would like to edit it. Because if, if it's a three-hour show when it's released, that means it's probably taken about five to record and <laughs> three weeks to actually edit into something functional. Yes, that is true. On Twitter, Michael Clark, huge Trek fan, but is also listening to the Gatecast. Great Season 7 rap show. I started listening with the Season 6 rap show. Amazing how quick it has gone by. Love the show. I replied, thanks, Michael. High praise indeed. It helps to have an excellent guest. Dave was rocking it. Michael replied, great guest. Some great discussions. Look forward to the SG-1 and then SGA rotation. Dan LaRocque again by Twitter. Great Season 7 SG-1 wrap-up show by the Gatecast. Dave was great on it, guys. Well done. And I replied, cheers, Dan. Always appreciate your continued support. And yep, Dave was a good one. You're welcome. I saw those. And he was. I think after the edit, everybody comes out sounding a little bit better than they did during the actual recording. They sounded pretty good during the actual recording. I did notice how many times he tended, whereas I go, uh, uh, he repeats the same thing twice, which sounds better than going, uh, (laughs) come to think about it. We do have a few notable birthdays coming this week. First off, Corinne Nemex is on the 5th of November. On the 6th, we have the one and only Peter DeLuise. A few days later on the 9th, it's Terrell Roffries. And on the 10th, Roland Nemerick, one of the guys behind the original Stargate movie. Happy birthday, one and all. We are still looking for a few more iTunes reviews and ratings. Feel free to give an honest opinion, and then let us know, and we'll put you into the draw for the Ronan figure, signed by Jason Momoa himself. And of course, general feedback and comments on the current episode, or the show, and of course, Stargate itself, are always welcome. Pay us a visit at gatecast.co.uk, or search for Gatecast on Facebook or Google+. Our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com and our Twitter is thegatecast, which is one word. And of course we are now back on iTunes. Just do a search for The Gatecast. That was New Order Part 1. Join us next week for New Order Part 2. Thanks for listening, take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Yeah.